0: came
1: out quick all right all right hello everybody right off the bat we got questions dropping really quick so glad that we're able to be on here so i'm ben taylor raw motivations glad you guys are here with uh lee mental healness so we're here for another live for about an hour here want to be able to chat with you guys and answer questions so jumping right into it yeah. How do I parallel parent with a narcissist? <laughs> my daughter is six months and I haven't got the courts involved. I'm going to hand that over to you.
0: Oh, I was going to hand it to you. I was, I was like, being going to take this one off the rip. I don't, I don't <laughs> have
1: to parallel parent. I've got uh, so, my wife yeah. right here. You have a better experience for that.
0: Yeah. So parallel parenting pretty much it, it pretty much involves like you parent, how you do at your house. And you kind of, you, unless safety issues are involved, you have to kind of stay out of the other parents' household. You know what I mean? It, it That's, all of it is tough y'all literally every every kind of co-parenting aspect every type of any type of any type of involvement with the narcissistic person that's unaware and not working, working in themselves is going to be tough overall in general it, it really just is so i just feel like in situations like this yeah write everything down i think there's supposed to be a notebook that you pass between both you know pass between each other you know what i mean so write down the things that you you require and put like you might have to get the courts involved. If, if there's some things that you are non-negotiable, get the courts involved. I know it might be tedious, it might, it might be strenuous, but sometimes you have to do that. And does getting the courts involved solve everything? No. Cause some narcissistic people are going to literally go against the court order just because they don't want, they don't, they don't like people telling them what to do. Right. So figure out what works best for you in that situation right there. Yeah. Yeah. Over.
1: Very true. My ex-narc said he thinks he thinks he misses me. What do you think he means? So probably an idea to kind of put it out there. I mean, that's almost uh, what what am I looking for? It's not necessarily triangulation, but it's like trying to like bait the other person of like, "Eh, I think I miss you. You know. Well, oh well, he almost misses me. Let me make sure he misses me. Let me try harder to make sure he he knows what he's missing out on.
0: Yep. I 100 I percent agree with that because that word think right there kind of throws it away. You know, there's like saying, but I love you, but right there, I think I miss you means you have to work harder to actually get the the, the missing. You know, right. so I feel like that's your answer right there. I feel like you gotta kinda take a step away from that person right there. That's that's a controlling statement right there. Yeah.
1: Let's see. Why should I reject the money the why should I reject the money? The narc I left Cash App, that sucker owes me. LOL. With my whole heart, I'm never going back.
0: So, I, so I, I, I did. A, I, I know her. I did a one-on-one with her. That person accept the money because I know I know he owes you a lot of money, but don't do it under don't do it under any kind of other circumstances. Hey, I'm gonna give you this four hundred dollars, but you got to meet up with me. Don't do it. Don't take it. Don't don't accept it under conditions you know what i mean right i know he owes you some money. i know he owes you a lot of money because i know your story and whatnot but like don't accept it don't don't like here don't accept that money with strings attached because i know that person is a very very dangerous person and actually trying to replace you in your life so be careful i think he's actually trying to take over her business on, mm-hmm. behind the scenes so use caution
1: otherwise, if they ever offer money where you can get it without seeing them grab it because otherwise you don't yes get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does a narc normally accuse their partner of abuse and being a narcissist? Yeah, I would say that's very like common, you know, for a narcissist to accuse the other person, especially if they become an educated narcissist of them, like learning more about narcissism, they'll be like, oh, like you're gaslighting me now. Like you're the one that's abusing me, like all this type of stuff. If they if they start learning some of the phrases, if they start learning about narcissism and they don't care to change themselves and how it applies to themselves, a lot of times they'll flip it around back on you.
0: I, I agree with that. I, I called my wife a narcissist when she called me one, so that that, that holds true. <laughs> uh,
1: I've been no contact for two months. I've blocked him as much as I can. He keeps calling from seven different numbers. He said over a hundred roses to my house yesterday. How do I get it to stop? I'm not scared of my life, so I I am not scared for my life, so I can't get a restraining order.
0: Um. I feel like that's harassment. I feel like that is actual harassment. I feel like you have to tell him, tell him to leave you alone. I feel like you have to document that. Like, hey, look, I've told him to leave me alone. I know you've been no contact, but sometimes you have to tell people to leave you alone because that's going to escalate. You mean could could you ignore it? Yeah, you could definitely just keep ignoring it. But like, so I would keep ignoring it to the unless it just gets worse. Unless he starts popping up and doing crazy stuff like that, because he's going to continue to send you stuff to your house. And might unless if he pops up on you. Then, like I said, document everything. Just keep documentation of everything. Write everything down. Take pictures. Of everything. Receive everything. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. So if you're running into stuff with the phone, like if you have an iPhone, one of the first things you can do is go into your settings on your phone. Go into your settings. Go on. Go settings, and then click on phone, and then slide down, and it says silence unknown callers. Turn that on. That'll help silence all those different numbers that are that are hitting you up that you don't have in your phone. That's like one way that you can help stop it. The second one is there's a robocall blocker that does a really good job blocking all of the star 67, like hidden phone numbers and things like that. Third option, just go change your phone number. Honestly, that's one of the simplest and easiest ways. You change your phone number. It's new. It's on your same phone, so you have all your same contacts. Just text the people that you want to say and like, hey, I have to change it for you know X reason. Please do not give out my number. A lot of times, that's a really safe way to do it as well.
0: Nice. Nothing awesome. more to add to question. That.
1: <clears throat> How long can the love bombing slash idealization phase last? That's a good one.
0: I, I just feel like there's there no a, that time. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no timetable on there right there, y'all. I just feel like there's the really honestly no timetable. Like, it can last as long as it lasts. I just feel like my love bombing phase with my my wife lasted for a while until she until she did something that kind of made my head go bloop, and I just looked at her differently, and it stopped. In that mm-hmm. moment, I remember it. I remember it. Remember it to this day. I specifically. I know, I'm not. I'm not going to deep into detail. I remember we were sitting at Myrtle Beach, and she told me something I did not want to hear. And it's just like, like, I feel like I powered down, like the robot powered down, like it just right. went off. You know, so set boundaries. I was like, you can you can force it to come off quicker if you set boundaries and say no to some things. Yeah,
1: right. But yeah, it can be definitely different times. Mm-mm-mm. Can you still be friends with an ex-NARC? We have mutual friends. So the majority of time that's not going to work out because they're going to use any type of friendship to manipulate and to control you or to try to get back in your life or just to try to screw you over or to try to get revenge. So there's really not a safe aspect a lot of times, especially with an ex-NARC of being able to be there. One thing you have to be careful with mutual friends is when you have mutual friends, you have to be careful that they're not being turned into flying monkeys and that they're like watching out, um, you know, watching out and like keeping tabs on
0: you. Yep, I agree with that. <clears throat> <clears throat> Tips to break the trauma bond. I will block him, but I have the hardest time keeping him blocked. I feel like knowing that he is reaching out to me means he cares and misses me. Hmm.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good question. So I get this a lot of times from people um, on the aspect of like Hoover. They're like, why did my narcissist Hoover me? Like, did they not care about me? And the thing you have to remember is Hoover doesn't mean care. Hoover just means I want to get back in your life. I want to control manipulate you and get supply from you. So the aspect of him reaching back out to you doesn't mean that he cares about you and doesn't mean that he misses you. What it means is I miss the active of being able to control another person. I miss being able to manipulate. I miss being able to put in 5% to get 100% back from you and not have to invest anything in there. So with the trauma bond, what you're really trying to do is you're trying to break the story that you're telling yourself, the hope and the potential that you're reading into the situation that's not there. So people will normally infer different thoughts and ideas of saying like, oh, this person cares and misses me when in reality they don't. They're just trying to get back in your life to control and to manipulate you.
0: Yeah, I will 100% agree with that right there. <clears throat> but you have to, like I said, I just feel like everybody in the narcissistic relationship, including the narcissist, just wants to know that they matter. You know what I mean? But I feel like you mattering to yourself ma- means more than anything in this world. Like I just feel like you have to practice a little bit more self love and control. Because if he knows he can just reach out to you and just check in with you and keep you from moving on, I would just if I was him I would just do that. I, I don't even have to want you back. I could just reach out to you. You you respond to me. Go. Cool, I'm gonna go dark on you for a little while. Reach out, respond, darkness. Yeah. So that's what I would do. Hope that helps. Yeah.
1: It's an awesome tool. I love using it. I've been using it for a little bit now. And the cool thing about it is it's absolutely free. So if you're interested in starting up a podcast, if you're interested in getting involved in podcast work, then download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What makes a narc second-guess themselves after they've discarded you and are in the process of pursuing their new supply?
0: Second guess themselves. What well, makes the mark
1: second guess themselves after they've discarded you and are in the process of pursuing the new supply? I think for me that answer is never. <laughs> like they, they don't. Like, like why would I second guess myself when I'm already doing what I wanted and I got rid of the supply that I had before and pursuing the next one? Like I, I think the question there is I think the question there is like you're implying that they're second guessing, thinking like, oh, I missed out on a really good person or oh i missed out on the possibility of being with a certain person that like would make me better but a narcissist isn't looking at that because they already think that they're the best person so the fact of them missing another person thinking like oh i missed out on this awesome person like they already think they are that i don't know does that make sense
0: yes i, I know exactly what you're saying though they, they think they're they if if your dating life was a mountain, they think they're at the top of your mountain. <laughs> yeah, you know, mm-hmm. your relationship life. So they're not gonna second guess unless the unless the situation changes. You know, right? It doesn't work out. When is the final discard with an ex and what does it look like? Oof. I don't what does the final discard look like? I don't so this is this is where my mind works on, on this right here. I don't think I've ever finally discarded somebody. I think I've always left the relationship at a point where I feel like I could come back later on. You I feel like I've always left relationships and things like that kind of open-ended, just like it's not really over, but it's over. You know, that's how right. I felt. Some people will final discard you and just get rid of you and not talk to you ever again. They, some people will do that. And, you know, right. the reasons could vary. You know, they could feel like they can't get you back because of what they did to you or what you did to them. And or they might feel like they moved on to a a better possible, a possible better situation, you know. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I would say, like, kind of the one thing I say to a lot of people is along the lines of the the final discard from the ex, or a lot of times, I guess, from like the final Hoover, the final discard is the one that you make the final discard. Like, when they discard you and you block, you ghost them and you never let them come back. Mm -hmm. That's when you know it's gonna be final. Otherwise, like, like Lee said, the door's always gonna be open. Yes. Hello, I recently left my narcissistic ex. We have a daughter together. He is refusing to cooperate and sign divorce papers, as well as refusing to see his daughter, or or set visitation rights. Advice? Mm.
0: That's, that's, again. This is one of those messy situations with kids. Kids always muddy the waters in situations like this, y'all. They they just do. So my narcissist ex, we have a daughter together. He's refusing to cooperate. So of course, like who, who, so I feel like, I feel like who filed for divorce right there? I'm assuming you did because you say he refuses to sign divorce papers, which means he, he doesn't really want to get divorced and because he feels rejected by you because you discarded him and broke his heart and pretty much, you know, gave him a narcissistic injury. He's going to do the same to you. He's going to just hold on to hold on to keep holding on and not, not release you, you know, so and he's gonna punish you because you know most people want a two-parent household. You're not just gonna hurt to sleep with people. And just like I want, I don't want to be a single parent. You know, so in his mind, he's probably assuming that you want a two-parent household. So he's just withholding everything. I'm gonna if you want to abandon me, I'm gonna abandon you and that kid. You no know, package deal, all or nothing. You know, if I can't get you, I don't want the kid. I've seen that so happen so many times. It just it's It's sometimes they look at it as a package deal, but I just feel like. I don't know what state you are, you what state you're in. Some states you can just force it. If they keep refusing to do it, you can just take it to take it down to the, uh, the courthouse and you can force it. I'm not, again, that's I've, that's that's a, um, a question for an attorney or somebody on the, along those lines, right there.
1: Yeah. Sweet. Good question. I was curious. Do narcissists ever feel bad about how they treated their partner? Would that make them not a narc if they did?
0: Mm. <laughs> Have you felt bad before? I I felt bad before, but it's just like, again, this is where the spectrum comes in there. I will feel bad, but then there's something in my mind, y'all. There's literally a switch or something, some kind of protective mechanism that when I start to feel bad, my mind will literally start to find a way to blame the other person for what Mm happened. Hey, you wouldn't have done this if they wouldn't have done that. So it really is their fault. And I was like, oh yeah, it is. And the badness kind of goes away it subsides you know
1: yeah it's kind of like that i think how i've been able to process some of it was like that that video i just did of like the 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 cycle in one sense and like Mm. the idea of like guilt and shame and like those guilt shame blame and rage and those guilt and shame is kind of like to me a lot of times are like you know, a minute or a second or microscopic in one sense, like it's almost like I have to jump through those as fast as possible to be able to get to the point where it's not my fault anymore, where I'm blaming someone else. And I don't feel that guilt and I don't feel that shame. And I think that's sometimes the hard like inner work now of like now if I do something wrong, like I actually need to like sit with that and actually do evaluation <laughs> before I just say like, oh, like it's someone else's fault.
0: The, the the sitting with it hurts. So you you said that it hurt me a little bit.
1: <laughs> so I, I agree the, with that one. Yeah, the sitting with it hurts like crazy. Like that's something that I heard from Carrie the other day of like the paradox, you know, between mm-hmm. like the two sides of you in one sense. And my, my therapist yes. called it like the balance, you know. You know, I, I guess how I'm kind of viewing it is like the balance between the monster and the man. You know, that's kind of like yeah. the, the balance that sometimes is like very tricky to sit with.
0: Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it hurt when you said that, though. Uh,
1: sleep deprivation and sexual coercion were his two strongest forms of control. Common? Uh, I'd say probably uh, with a lot of abusive relationships, you have the idea of, like, sexual coercion, you know, especially in different types of relationships where they think, like, hey, you owe me this. Like, this is something that I deserve this, that entitlement kind of piece. Um, the other aspect, sleep deprivation... My personal opinion is that's like closer towards like sociopath, psychopath, because like it's like very like malicious in nature. Uh as far as what I've seen, narcissism isn't always malicious in nature as far as like the intent is to destroy. Mm-hmm. Now, they destroy, yes, absolutely. I'm not saying they don't, but a lot of times yeah. they don't walk into the relationship being like, How can I destroy this person? Sometimes it becomes like a natural outworking of how they deal with it.
0: Yes. It becomes a result of their, their the the of the actions that get them there. So I, I agree with that. I I, I did a video it, it was a little while ago about that. Like most narcissistic people don't don't intend on getting in relationships to destroy the other person. Like I'm gonna get into you to hurt you, unless 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 they're a psychopath and you made them wait to get you. Unless you make unless you've been rejecting them for years, like. They've been in your DM for like four or five years responding, talking to, talking to themselves. You finally decided to give them a chance. Oh, you in for it, Dan. They can get you. Mm-hmm. They are. Uh, I finally decided to give this person a chance. They treated me terribly. Of course, because you punished them by making them wait. How dare you? Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, very true. I work with a narcissist. In fact, she's my employee and she's poisoning my team. How can I handle her?
0: Uh, you work with her? I just feel like... She's, you have
1: my, to... she's my employee. That's what she said. Yeah. Fire her ass. <laughs> so I was just like...
0: I was thinking like the simplest way would be to get rid of her.
1: You know? I mean, the simplest thing is just like set boundaries. It works the same with a narcissist in yeah. a relationship or friendship, uh, you know, family, whatever It's like set boundaries and and ultimately when it comes down to it like from a work and work environment standpoint if you have anybody whether they're narcissist or not and they're poisoning your team you're hurting your culture like they don't belong on your team yes
0: yeah let them fire awesome. themselves set your boundaries and let them do to themselves and do- document everything just watch it you know
1: yeah good question why are narcissists so mean and critical of you but the moment you say something to them they rage or go silent there's like no self-awareness
0: so I'm actually reading uh, Dr. Romani's book, and she she discussed this right here, because they feel hypercritical of you. You can't say anything to narcissistic people because, like most narcissistic people, like myself, you know, like there's there's no difference between blame and accountability. Like if we can't, you know, mm-hmm. we can't this this differentiate the two, so we try to avoid both. So if you're trying to blame us for blame us for something or hold us accountable, both right. of them are rejected equally. You know, both, you know, blame is taken as criticism. All all of that is criticism and they hit to the ego. So all of them will be rejected accordingly to how the person handles it. Rage, silent treatment, however they, however they do it, you know? And it's like, is there, is there a level of self-awareness there? Kind of, sort of, you know, I just feel like that becomes an innate defense mechanism to, 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 right. def- block them, to, to defend themselves, to, to defend the ego, you know?
1: I, like I feel like it must. I feel like we almost need to rephrase it in one sense that narcissists might not be self aware, but they might be like situational or like culturally aware, you know, yeah. because like the idea of like the rage typically happens at like select people, it doesn't happen to everyone, you know? Yes. It's a societal awareness. I
0: don't know. Yeah. Nobody says
1: that. I Tease me about my past job. He would even have my daughter come in on the teasing. Now I got a new job. He is mad. Why?
0: Mm, I feel like there's some specifics missing there. Because I feel like your past job, is it something, that, some kind of sex work or something like that? Because I just feel like there is something, what, why would he teach you about your past job? You know. I mean, I probably like, specific... I
1: would guess maybe along the lines of like belittling, you know, like saying yeah, like yeah. maybe like, this job's awful or like, you know, you suck at your job. And then now, now this person might have got a new job that's better. And mm-hmm. now he's like pissed off because like they're showing him up. Huh. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I get out of reading into that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I I agree with you. It could be just some kind of trash job that you had or whatnot, but I just like there is something behind underneath the there's a layer right there that he's attacking to make her to belittle her in front of her daughter that you'll be embarrassed about. You know, layers and layers of up. boxes. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> layers and
1: layers of compartmentalization. <laughs> Thirty years. <laughs> For what? Text a... after 30 years safe.
0: Is is it apparent? Is this... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. i was just I be, I be, I was like...
1: also a point. Like if you've grown so much, if you changed so much, like is it is it worth <laughs> is it worth even like testing that? Mm-hmm. Why can't outsiders slash friends see them for who they really are? It's a good question.
0: And so mine is that the outsiders and friends don't see them as often as the people closest to them, like the family that lives with them and things like that. You don't see them as often as the outside, you know, as the, you, you don't see the, the, the friends on the outside, don't see them as often as the family members do. So that could be a possibility right there because, you know, the less interaction you have, the, the less likely the mask is to fall off. That's why long distance relationships, it, it probably is harder to, to, to determine narcissism than it is in like, you know, living with somebody and things like that, like being face to face with somebody every single day.
1: Yeah, I'd also say this. I've got a YouTube video coming out on it. I'm still going through some of the stuff on the book, Psychopath Free, and it breaks it down about the emotional abuser's trap. I just recorded one today about this. So you get a sneak peek. Um, basically it breaks it down in a couple different points it says like by idealizing you, the, the psychopath can expect this attention and adoration to rebound very quickly. And then you share your excitement about this relationship with all of your friends and family. Then the emotional abuser slowly begins to back away. And like, while they're doing that, you're thinking like, oh, I can, I can get better. Like we can work through this kind of thing. And then you continue to tell your friends, your family and yourself how amazing the partner is, how amazing the relationship is, because that's what you remember at the beginning But then the abuse becomes a lot worse. And then after abandonment, you start to put the pieces together of like, oh, I was actually getting abused. But then the trap at the very end is that no one believes you because, you know, early on they painted this picture that you told everybody. And then as it got worse, typically people don't say like, oh, by the way, I'm starting to get abused. Like it doesn't really come out that way. And so after it's all said and done, people are like, no, like it was awful. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? Like you always told me it was a good relationship. That kind of thing too.
0: Nice.
1: After having, after having a stroke, I've been able, unable to work. My narcissist seems to have no use for me since not working. I made twice what he did. Is this common? Yes, absolutely. So you were making the money and they stopped being able to use you for that. Uh, literally, I had a one-on-one where I was talking to somebody one day and they had gone through a lot of financial abuse with um, their narcissist and they got to the place where they were getting ready to file bankruptcy. So they call their narcissist and say, "Hey, like it's got to stop. Like everything, this is going, this is going down the tubes. Like I literally have to file for bankruptcy." Forty-five minutes later, by the time she got home, he was in the middle of packing his bags to leave because the money had dried mm. up.
0: Mm. Oh, I'm uh, nothing. Nothing to add on that one. Jesus.
1: <laughs> Why are narcissists always so angry? Hmm. I always think of your I always think of you referencing
0: back of the Hulk of like I'm always angry. <laughs> I'm always you know? angry. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like I feel like once you get under like, so of course your and my experience is going to be different f- to where we are in life right now. I right. just feel like you know, I had a therapy session yesterday and she was talking about the most narcissistic people have issues with being with feeling internal validation like we it's hard for us to feel validated by our own actions and our own thoughts so they need it externally so if they're not getting enough external validation from the public or from the world around them they lash out and typically walk around with a lot of anger around them you know uh-huh. and it's this perpetual state of unhappiness and unfulfillment that drives people they kind of drive people crazy it just it just I, I was i've been there y'all. i really have like why can't i feel normal I've been angriest out of the yeah. world for that, you know. That's just—it's almost my, like getting
1: my, like so pissed off, like internally, that you're projecting on everyone else.
0: Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. well, yeah. like why that's can I feel? This, why can I be this way? You know, why me? And it messes—it messes with you over, you know, over extended period of time, short period of time. It, it all messes with you.
1: Yeah, for sure. Our nose our our nurse, our narcissist known for cutting people off or being. The ones cut off. Uh, yeah.
0: Like this discard-wise?
1: Yeah, I guess so. Like, I mean, are are they known for discarding people or being discarded?
0: The, so to me, in my mind, I feel like that this that's kind of situational right there. I feel like everybody's situation is going to be different. I just feel like if the narcissist feels like you're not going to go anywhere, then the chances of you discarding them are very low. They might discard you because they get tired of you or something like uh-huh. that. But overall, I just like, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Like the reverse discard of like, I'm going to make your life hell. So you finally, you know, leave me or you finally like ask for divorce. And then I feel better about myself. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it depends, but it goes both ways. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Good question. My ex-narcissist has multiple Instagram accounts is completely different person on each one. What's going on there? I also know he has a new supply while having these.
0: Completely different person, like profile picture,
1: personality.
0: Yeah, that's weird. I just feel like that's that's the type of person that will have like multiple dating profiles, or you know, check all the interest box to get everybody, you know, to catch mm-hmm. every to, to catch as many people as they possibly can, right there. Right, and it's completely different person on each one. Yeah, I just feel like that's different. It might does he have? <laughs> is he just a narcissist, or does he have like dissociative identity disorder? That's weird, right there. I yeah. wouldn't do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't connect that much with that either. Well, I can see that as being like an experiment, you know. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That wouldn't be my like my regular ML, I guess you could say.
0: I feel. Yeah, I feel like there would be a lot to keep up with right there. I just right multiple different. Yeah, that's too much.
1: For NPD, who should we meet with a psychiatrist or a psychologist? Really need this.
0: Hmm. Let me look up my what my qualifications and my uh therapist are real quick. <laughs> so my therapist is is an M S L C M H C C R C. So she's a mental well, I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Uh <laughs>
1: I normally like call my I'll normally call mine a therapist because like that's what she is, but I don't I don't remember off the top of my head exactly yeah. what she's defined as.
0: Yeah. She's a licensed clinical mental health counselor. That's what mine is. So, but I go. She, what, what yeah. my therapy is called is called psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So I do psycho.
1: Mine like dabbles in like everything. Like that's what's crazy. Like we've done we've done some work with um uh NET. And it's like mm-hmm. neuro. Uh, i always forget what it is literally i've had to tell people like five times over the past week and i never remember what it as i always have to look it up but it's like neuroemotion technique or something like that literally i've had to look it up every single time you think i know it yeah neuro oh i got it right neuro technique n-e-t it's like thought-filled therapy and so it's like a hmm. it's different but that's not her primary focus. That's like a secondary one. She learns different ones and I'm their Guinea pig mm-hmm. a lot of times. So.
0: I haven't but, heard of it one. It's interesting.
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's kind of cool. It's kind of crazy. Like it, it combines a lot of different stuff. And then she also does some stuff called Splunkna. Um, and that combines, that combines NET, EMDR, like a couple of the things. And like, also like, um, also like has it almost like centered around, um, like god in a higher power too so it like brings mm-hmm. in like multiple facets to it which is really fascinating but like the net is like really kind of crazy it's where um it's it has like response it has stuff with it with like response therapy too so like you hold out your arm and she'll like ask yeah. a question and like press and it's like it's like almost like she's like communicating with your like subconscious it's really it's really crazy so like you like she'll know like okay like we can't go that direction because you're you're unwilling to even like tell me and once I'm like, I don't even know what we're talking about yet. You know, it's crazy.
0: Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> uh, it?
1: One-on-ones. Okay. So, yes, yeah, so we both, we both kind of attack one-on-ones, I guess, like a little bit differently. Um, I'm starting to lean more towards the side of like coach um, and trying to be able to help like coach people typically out of a trauma bond kind of work to help them rewire their minds to take the story that they've been thinking or believing about the narcissist and get grounded in reality to help them get out, help them get through that awkward time of detox from the narcissist, and then try to find clarity in their future growth and values. That's kind of my mm-hmm. aspect of some of our one-on-ones.
0: So mine is more along the lines of, I, 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 I feel like I'm leaning towards more life coaching as well in my, you know, different perspective wise of mine is literally just offering the, the perspective and, you know, trying to to predict the behaviors and explain why people went through what they went through, you know, why the narcissistic person did what they did. And it helps bring clarity and validation to people just from the aspect and and that, you know, that direction right there. Yeah. I do do help with the trauma bond and all the other good stuff. It's just like, it's a mix of of like, it changes depending upon the person, you know, depending upon their needs and things like
1: that. Yeah and so, uh, someone said uh dude your one-on-ones are available at like 3 a.m what's with that you must be on like mountain or like pacific time so i, I get up at like 4 30 my one on one start at 5 a.m so right now i right now i have limited availability over the next uh two uh, next three weeks one because i'm booked up two because we're going out of town but starting mid-may may 13th i start doing this full-time so they'll open up in mid-may
0: <laughs> three a.m.
1: <laughs> I had someone one time that asked me because they were like, "Why is it like uh, I don't know? It's like one a.m. or something like that, or like two a.m." And I was like, "Where are you asked? Like, where you live?" And they were like, "Hawaii." And I was like, "Oh, like that's why it's like completely different." And I was like, "Try a different time on this day." It was kind of funny. Uh, but let's see. Uh, my ex narcissist told me if we got married that he wanted to be around me twenty four seven, even if I was in the restroom. But I didn't feel like that was normal. Why would he want that?
0: Yeah. Yes. Why would he want that? Why would you want that? You know. But hope uh, you said X. So I'm 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 glad you said X because that's controlling as hell. I know a lot of people think this sweet and think it's like affectionate and you know it's like oh he just wants to be around me all the time. Ooh butterflies. But those no, no 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 no. That's not butterflies. That's controlling. Behavior right there, we, we he want to be around me twenty four seven, even if I was in the restroom. What the hell? That's weird, you know. Yeah, I also some people see that on the movies, like, oh, y'all can poop and fart around each other in the bathroom and be cool. That again, <laughs> you know, to each to each their own. But like, I don't think you want to be holding hands, you know, while you're in there, yeah. you know evacuating your bowels. You know, thanks, babe, for holding my hand while you're in there, farting and pissing and stuff. So like, oh. oh
1: gosh. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> that's crazy hey vicky i see you send me a message I'll, I'll, I'll touch base with you um what's that oh that's the long title okay why is he still posting pictures related to us when he has a new supply and i have him blocked on everything friends tell me what he posts all right, well, there's the first problem. Let's rework your friends so they know to stop bringing in your life by proxy and make sure they understand like, hey, this person's out of my life. They were awful to me, and I can't have any more information, you know, come about from this person. So help have your friends help you out. And if they don't want to help you out, then they're not your friends. So that would be like number one. Number two, yeah. like with them posting pictures related to you guys, one is to kind of mess with your head, and it's to start making you think that it was your fault that there is something wrong now he's found his true love and there's all these different aspects of really just trying to screw with your mind after the relationship once the relationship ends and they're with a new supply it's showtime that's when you put everything up on social media either about the new supply or you start posting things that are in reference to stuff that you guys did or you know interest that you guys had or certain you know movie quotes that you once had all that type of stuff just to be able to screw with your head oftentimes mm-hmm. it make you out
0: yeah please please check your friends because some friends love drama why is it And again what again, what new person wants to be with somebody that's still posting pictures of, pictures of their ex that's weird as hell y'all this is honestly this is me uh-huh. uh, hi what what is it how hi, oh how can i get? how can i gain self-confidence After the narc blames you for their abusive behavior and tells you that you are worthless without them. Hmm. So typically in a situation like this, I feel like that person, the way you, the way you just worded that means that you want to leave the relationship, that you, you are the active participant and wanted to leave the relationship. So they're telling you that you're worthless without them, which means like, listen, listen to the words they just said. You want to leave me, but you're worthless without me, which means I don't want to leave you. Which means what? That's kind of counter. It's kind of counterintuitive. Like that's word salad right there. It's just like literally them telling you, like you go ahead and leave. You're worthless. You you want to leave me? You're worthless without me. But they still want you. So what does they mean about them? What does they say about them? You know, listen to the words. That's like highly manip- manipulative right there. And trying to trying to make you feel guilty about leaving them. And also trying to make you is also devaluing you and making you feel like you nobody else will want you. Good luck finding somebody else. You know, yeah. Good luck finding somebody else to put up with your BS like I did, even though I don't want to leave. Yeah. Boom.
1: Yeah, that's really good. Why won't nar- Why won't narcissists go to couples therapy? And if they do, claim that you drag them to gang up on them with the therapist. So, uh, so I guess a couple things here. Like, I normally counsel people like don't go to the couples therapy with a narcissist to start off with, because literally you're just walking into a big ammo store for the narcissist to throw a bunch of bombs at you later after you leave the, after you leave the therapy saying like, Hey, do you see what they said there? It's actually your fault that I'm this way. It's actually your fault that I'm reacting this way. If you'd be better loving, better supportive, better communicative, like we wouldn't be having all these issues. And so I'd be really careful about going to therapy with a narcissist period. Um, But typically they want to avoid therapy at all costs. If they do go to therapy, like there's the aspect that they don't want to because they know that they're going to get outed. If they can't convince the therapist, if they can't, you know, gaslight the therapist of what's going on, as soon as that therapist agrees with you on one point, oh, they're ganging up on me. Oh, they're biased. Like, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. Oh, they're a dumb therapist. This is stupid. I know more than them. Let's go someplace else. And then they never do.
0: So, in marriage counseling, right there is in 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 a nutshell, if the therapist. Isn't well versed on dealing with narcissists then you're going to lose. I promise you. Because like my therapist wasn't well versed on narcissists. She actually like, when I went to marriage counseling, with my wife, she's like, have any of you ever been in therapy before? I'm like, yeah, I actually have narcissistic personality disorder. And she's just like, Oh, okay, what about you? And just went on to my to my wife. Like, nothing, like nothing changed. I was like,
1: You're sitting on the side being like, all right. Yeah, we got yeah I said I said I, I sit up in my chair, I'm
0: like, yeah. <laughs> let me be astute. So just be careful with that, y'all. Honestly. yeah, no. No, it, sure. It'll make for aqua car ride, ride home.
1: <laughs> My ex-narcissist showed up at a vacation I was taking with a friend across the country for a concert. What's up with that? So uh, just control, control, manipulation. I mean, that's, that's a big part of it there.
0: And that's kind of scary as hell. That's not just no regular narcissist person who, across the country. Yeah. <laughs> <Right. laughs> How scary was that for you to look across? It sounded like some movie, some movie shit. Like that, you looked across the crowd, and they were just everybody else is moving except for them. and They're just staring at you. That's weird mm-hmm. and scary as hell. Like, protect yourself, please.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, good question. Can narcissists help what they're doing? big question big debate out there in psychology today I was actually talking to another psychologist uh, what was it Saturday when I was talking to to Carrie and hearing some stuff that she was saying about just you know a lot of different stuff that's kind of going on right now so to give a slight, little tidbit i guess you could say from a non-educated standpoint coming from another psychologist who is educated looking at all this stuff you know back in the day whenever freud like started labeling narcissism he kind of put that as like the 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 end all as far as like this, these people can't be helped. So he's kind of stopped any research on it and just like, forget this. And then now there's people coming out, Sam Badkin, like other like high name people that are, they're coming out trying to say like, Hey, there might actually be differences. There might actually be ways for them to get help or them to kind of work on it. And so I think there's a big, there's a big concept out there that narcissists can't change that narcissists are incapable of changing. I think sometimes how it needs to be rephrased is narcissists are capable of changing, but narcissists can't change unless they're willing to be honest, vulnerable, and go deep down inside to actually do the work on themselves. And that's something that a narcissist doesn't want to do. And as a result, typically will never do. And as a result, they can't change unless they're willing to do that.
0: I would agree on that.
1: Do narcissists only choose certain people to be emotionally abusive to? Um, mainly breathing people.
0: <laughs> I was just like, ch- certain people, I just like, the people closest, I always feel like the people closest, er- everybody gets the narcissism, y'all, just different levels of it, you know. Mm. But the people closest to it get the worst of it because you're the closest people to them. Behind closed doors, like when the door closes, like the mask can come off. Like they come home you know, like, oh, a long day of being normal. Here comes the mask and you get you get that person at the crib, you know, at the house. No.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess like even like the emotional abusive idea. Um, no, I lost my train of thought. Never mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do they ever regret you leaving you if you are a great supply? What is a great supply? I just feel like people, a lot of people consider consider themselves great supplies. What does that mean, though, y'all? I just feel like supply. They get different levels of supply from different types of people. You know, financial supply, emotional supply, you know, sexual supply. I feel like supply is different depending on who you who you are dealing with and things like that. I feel like because you might be financially well off or you did everything that they that they wanted you to do, you you consider yourself a great supply, but eventually it runs out regardless. You know what I mean? It literally just runs yeah. out. I just like people get depleted. Like the narcissist, person gets depleted and then just like burp, they want to, they can't want to, feel scoot like on. sometimes
1: there's a skewed version on like, on like the, the reasoning like behind supply and things like that. You know, like I think like a lot of times like people are like, grade A supply, like, oh my gosh, like, you know, this, yeah. this is the best thing ever. Well, like, no, it's not the best thing ever. You know, grade A supply is just saying like, hey, you got used the most.
0: Yeah, I was just like I, I I haven't looked into grade A supplies. I didn't I didn't I don't think there's different level. I just like I think there's different types of supply, but that like different different levels. Because you know, she said, uh, what she say? Love them, loyal, sexual. Like there's not enough love, sex, or loyalty you can give a narcissist to make them, you know, just choose you over everybody else and just cut everything else off. Uh-huh. What are behaviors of a covert narcissist? I believe my child's father is one. Um, covert narcissist is a little bit, a little bit more insidious. I feel like covert narcissists and overt narcissists have the same goals; they just go about getting them differently. You know, whereas a, an overt malignant narcissist the person will yell and scream at you, a covert narcissist will just be passive aggressive, you the silent treatment, and stonewall you, as opposed to doing that, or you just give you lo- little jabs. You know, the, it's the difference between stabbing you and giving you a bunch of paper cuts. You both, you, you know, you both of them, you bleed out. One of them just, you know, feels different. It feels Differently than the other one. Sorry, y'all. I'm getting tongue tw- tongue twisted tonight. You know, apologies. Right. <laughs> are all narcissists cheaters? Uh, so I feel like they all cheat in in different ways. It might not be physical, but there a lot of a lot of narcissist people are emotional cheaters. They'll find some you know, some kind of deep emotional connection with somebody else that isn't you. And most a lot of people consider emotional cheating cheating. You know, it's it's just the same as going out and you know clapping somebody else's cheeks, it's all cheating. know, yeah. you all view it, you all receive it the same, and think it feels the same way. So yeah,
1: right. Mm-hmm. I want to answer one real quick because they they brought something up based on what I said, which is just totally fine. So incarcerated love said Sam um, Sam Bacon doesn't believe narcissists can change, and he recently put out a video cool. saying they should not get married or have kids. He's pretty hardcore. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um, the, the one that I was kind of referencing is he came out with a video uh, about nine days ago, uh, which is breaking news on CPTSD, BPD, NPD, and self, which is really fascinating. Um, I watched a decent amount of it, but then I also heard from another psychologist that watched it and also was reading up on a couple things that some of the stuff that he's talking about and I'm going to like summarize it here. Um, Sam Vatican is proposing that overt narcissism is really a presentation of sociopathy. where They're proud of, they're proud of their superior, superiority and flaunt it, whereas the covert or vulnerable narcissistic presentation has a lot of shame. They feel broken. The first category has more limited empathy, whereas the second category shows more capacity for a possible emotional connection. He thinks that we've completely messed up we've completely messed up our understanding of all the cluster B personality disorders, which would make sense since a lot of those in DSM five have been there for, I don't know. I don't even know how many years, but it, it's kind of old to be honest.
0: Yeah. I haven't, I haven't, you wa- I haven't watched any Sam Bagnet videos. I haven't, so I'm my ego, get, my ego be getting in the way. You know, so I need to I was kind of the
1: one that I saw. It was like a, it was like an interview yeah. about it. But yeah. What do we got? <laughs> Does narcissists treat their partner as an appliance? Yeah, like as an object. (laughs) Actually, it's kind of funny. I just did a TikTok video today and I wasn't really like, I don't know, I was just kind of like speaking off the cuff. I mean, like normal, but it just went a different direction. You know, someone said like about the idea of like saying no to a narcissist. And I was like, saying no to a narcissist is literally like the idea of like you're getting up in the morning and you grab a loaf of bread and you go and put the bread in the toaster and the toaster looks at you and says no. You're just like what the heck you're a toaster you're not supposed to say no to me like that's literally like some of the aspect in the narcissist mind when their object of their control their object of supply looks back at them and says no like that that doesn't make sense to a narcissist so a lot of times they do treat people as objects or appliances.
0: So Matt Pfeiffer had something very interesting to say on this, right? He used to say that narcissists treated people like cell phones and he used to get on my nerves. I was just like, oh, I hate when you say that, you know, but once he explained it to me, it made more sense. He was just like, yeah, like a cell phone. Like I have this cell phone, you know, I have this one right here. You know, it's an iPhone 11 or whatever. So you love this iPhone. You treat this iPhone good, but the iPhone 12 comes along. The, this phone still works. It still operates, but the iPhone 12 is still it's newer. It's shinier. So you don't necessarily get rid of this phone. You keep this phone on the hook. You keep you keep this phone on. You don't use it as much, but just you you go full service with the iPhone 12 or the 13 or whatever. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> 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 so you see, you made, made it, I, sense. I don't even remember. I don't
1: even remember what phone this is. It's so small <laughs> and tiny.
0: But you, but you see it though? So when he explained it to me, I was like, it was doing one of a. Uh, Lisa's uh, webinar is the first one. I was like, oh, I used to hate when you said that. I was like, oh, I hate you say that. But he explained it to me. It made more sense. I was like, cool, cool, cool. You know, analogy. Being because- yeah, I put the tag
1: on, <laughs> on the video today. I was like, be a sassy toaster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, will they ever get honest even though they know I know the truth? If they know that you know – if they know, you know, and they're not going to admit that, you know, or that they know that they know,
0: you what
1: know, like it, it's crazy. I had, I had a one-on-one four days ago where they, the, the lady was in the, the, the kitchen with the narcissist. They've got cameras in their home. They just had an argument. She was like, I can't believe you just said that. He was like, what are you talking about? I didn't say that. She looks up the cameras recording. She's like, look, cameras recording, whips out the iPad, scrolls back on the video, hits play. Here's the same phrase that the husband said, played it for him. He watched the video, played it for him, heard the phrase. He looked at her and he's like, I didn't say that. Oof. She's like, like, didn't you hear it? Like, I just..." And she played it again. And he was like, no, I didn't say that. Like, She had to take the video to like her friends and stuff like that, play it for him and say, what did he say? Because she thought she was going crazy. Because literally every time mm-hmm. she'd play it, he'd look at her and be like, I didn't say that. That didn't happen.
0: No. See? And, then, and, and so if she decides to stay in that relationship, She's gonna get more of the same. You gotta record, write stuff down. They, mm-hmm. uh, if this it, it, it just seems like a lot of extra work to do, y'all. It's just like you know, you already ha- you already have an A in the class, but you gotta you, you try. Uh, it's just mm. oof. <laughs> what is the best way to set boundaries with a narcissist? Mm-hmm. I feel like the be- the boundaries are so. This is what boundaries are not for the narcissist; they're for you. They're to protect you. They're not for the narcissistic person. They are literally for you. So the boundaries. So, of course, say as safely as possible, because some people don't like hearing no, They might hit you in the mouth, you know, but as safely as possible. But set boundaries that make you feel the safest and the healthiest and protect your own mental health and things like that. So the boundary would be in that situation where Benji's just described like, hey, I'm going to play this video for you one time and I'm not going to hear you going to hear yourself say this and I'm not going to argue with you. You hear yourself say it. No. All right, cool. Yeah, I'm walking away. Okay, you hear it. You hear it. I heard it. We're not arguing. You know, set a boundary. Yeah. Dean's list.
1: <laughs> is it common for narcissists to have experienced childhood trauma, being beaten, devalued, sent to live with re- different relatives? Does being hurt make them hurt others? Do they not know what love is? Well, there's a mouthful <laughs> of questions there. Share <laughs> the amount of
0: questions. Sneak them in. Sneak them yeah, in, in there. You know, just <laughs> like a bunch of questions in there just now. Um, uh, uh, childhood trauma is common, childhood. so I was
1: Yeah, definitely. Being beaten, devalued, sent to live with different relatives. I would say yes, absolutely. They're getting sent to be with different relatives. You might also have abandonment, which might have some BPD, um, but you never know. So, but that's some stuff that kind of goes on there. Um, the, does being hurt make them hurt others?
0: Yes, me for me that for me that's true. Yeah, being hurt in childhood has led to me hurting other people in my adulthood, and I my you know, I can confirm that because like I was talking to my therapist yesterday. I remember specifically. Um, I was telling her this yesterday again. I was like, I remember I was in like third grade and some girl called me ugly, and I still remember that to this day, dude. I'm just like I remember her name to locate where we were at and things like that. I just like you know I just. I'm still hyper focused on that. Just like I've been working on myself so much, I want her to see me now. I just like I need to see it. But I saw talk, I was I was like, "What if she?" I, I told my therapist, "Like, what if she's dead?" Though she's like, "Yeah, what if she's dead?" She's like, what, She's like, "What?" She's, my therapist is like, "What? What would be the first thing you thought if you found out she was dead? You probably would think she deserved it for some reason, didn't you?" I like, yeah, honestly, but that's based on some third grade shit. You said my mind, like, it made me want to hurt her because she hurt me. Literally thirty years ago, just like I've held on to that anger for that long. So he's like, you. She's like, she said, "Thank you for being honest with that, but you need to work on that. (laughs) Let that, (laughs) let that, let that hurt go." (laughs) I remember that to this day. Honestly, I just like you know, it's getting my nerves. So I'm still hyper focused on that. Yeah, and I, would,
1: I would also say they don't know what love is because typically what they've been shown throughout their life through that abuse or trauma is not love. And the defense mechanisms that they come up with aren't something that let them portray or show love because of the mask and because of the cycle that they're in. Yes. How long would it take for narcissist to come back after discard in between one day to 10 years? <laughs> i mean there, there's not a good there's not a good answer because like we've seen it happen you know very quickly and and very lengthy you know it really just kind of depends that's why the biggest focus is not on when not on if they'll come back but it's when they'll come back and how how strong and how much farther grown are you going to be by that time
0: yeah i've waited myself personally i've, wait, I've waited seven years so y'all being right right he's right on point yeah mm-hmm. seven years for vengeance.
1: yeah can a narcissist turn off their behavior i feel like i'm a better sister or aunt compared to if i was in a relationship
0: so are you a narcissist are you saying you are a narcissist
1: i don't know based on her questions earlier i didn't think so
0: yeah can i don't know i feel like You got to rephrase that one a little bit. I think they
1: can mask their behavior or modify their behavior, even if they're unaware, depending on the people that they're around. That's why, you know, they, they rage and throw stuff at you and then they go to work and everybody loves them. Like they don't, they don't do the same thing there, you know?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: How do you respond to friends and family who says, why didn't you leave earlier? I tried to warn you.
0: Yeah, mm, that's a that's a tough one right there, because like that takes time because like if you're trying to explain narcissistic abuse to people who don't understand narcissistic abuse, trauma, trauma bonds and things like that, you're going to sound you're going to sound kind of crazy. You sometimes you like, oh, did, did he hit you? Did she hit you? You're like, no. Then they then It wasn't really abuse. It's hard to explain that right there. Because so I feel like you got to do it in the best way you can possibly and just, like, be – you know, keep it real. Just – that's a little tough right there for me. I'm going to pass that one – slide that one to be in.
1: <laughs> oh, we have another one pop up. Too late. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> how can you tell the difference between love bombing and just genuine enthusiasm in a new relationship? Say no. Yeah. See what Too See late. what happens.
0: Say no, see what happened. I feel like you, got, you you can't say yes to everything. You you will literally learn more about people by saying no to them than saying yes to everything. Don't be a yes man at the beginning. If you are a yes man at the beginning of a relationship, you're setting yourself up for hurt, for heartbreaking hurt. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Even if you want to say no, you say yes. Like that makes me uncomfortable, but yes, you let your boundaries down early. Say say no. If you don't like it, say no.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. Like all the people that I've talked to that like I had one person I talked to like two days ago where she was like, I told him no once. And just like the look that came over his face was just like, you know, completely made me like realize like this is not a good situation.
0: Yeah. Raw. <laughs> you know? I was say raw. They they don't like being told no. I to say if you say no to people early on, it will teach you so much more about them because most narcissistic people don't like being rejected. They will push against those boundaries. Hey, I know we just met two hours ago, but you wanna go you wanna go home and sleep together? No. You whore, I a, yeah, you will learn like say no. Just learn how to say no, y'all.
1: Yeah. It'll absolutely. help. <laughs> Sweet. y'all have had some really good questions. We're gonna be wrapping it up here. We're approaching about an hour. That's what we've been committing to to do on Wednesdays for you guys. So um, really some fantastic questions. <clears throat> Thank you guys thanks. Thanks so much. Um, if you guys are interested, we both have um opportunities to be able to talk to people on one-on-ones so lee with you don't have your website up yet right
0: uh, is is i'm looking anyway. at it right now. It's, it's, it'll yeah. be up, it'll be up in a it'll be up next week y'all i promise okay
1: sweet sweet but on any of our social media you can always click any of the links um in our bios to be able to to grab a time to be able to chat uh, talk through some stuff one-on-ones but thank y'all so much appreciate it
0: yeah thank y'all for tuning in you know i love it i love it I like i like the rapid fire
1: Thank, shout, out, yeah. shout
0: out to Bree. Abuse is abuse.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we didn't we didn't uh we didn't highlight our uh, hidden moderator today. So <laughs> we finally we finally had a hidden moderator to be able to help process the questions pretty quickly. So if you yeah. guys don't follow already on, on all the social media platforms, look up abuse is abuse. Her name is Brie and she's awesome. She's she's a great coach and a help for a lot of people out there. So if you don't follow her already, check out some of her content. Obviously, check out our content but there's a lot of other people out there that are dropping some awesome awesome truths and some awesome nuggets of wisdom out there too so thank you guys so much
0: appreciate y'all y'all be safe take care of yourselves thank you thank you thank you awesome see you next week
1: y'all take care all right